Okay, today's daf is daf pei vav, page 86, fifth line on daf pei vav amad aleph. We're up to the word tashma, last word on the line. And what we're discussing is the kedusha of elevated places in Yerushalayim. Um, well, we had the opinion of Rav that any place that's higher up in Yerushalayim, above ground, it was not permitted to eat the carbon Pesach on a second floor apartment or on a rooftop because the Kedusha does not extend upwards. You need to be planted on the ground. And that's where we're up to. Tashma, come and listen. Abishol Aymer. Abishol says, Aliyah's base Kodesh HaKadoshim, Hamurbi base Kodesh HaKadoshim. The Kodesh HaKadoshim was multi-leveled. Listen to this, Bryson. The upper level of the Kodesh HaKadoshim is more machmir, meaning has more Kedusha, it's higher up, and it has more Kedusha than the ground floor of the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Shebeis Kodesh HaKadoshim, the regular Kodesh HaKadoshim. The Kain Gadol would go in on one day a year. When it came to the Aliyah, the attic, the second level of the Kodesh HaKadoshim, which was, which was higher up, and they would go in there just to fix things up. Either, they went in there once every seven years. Some say it was twice every seven years. Some say it was once a Yavil. To see what needed to be fixed up. But you see from over here, the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the ground level, the Kayan Gadol went in once a year. The Aliyah went in once a year, 50 years, 7 years, 3 and a half years, but it was less. So you see that an elevated place has more Kedusha than the lower place. So what does Rav mean that an elevated place cannot have Kedusha? You see an elevated place has even more Kedusha. Omar, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef says, no, Raya. You know Why? Because the Kaidesh HaKadoshim was built by the name, with the direct commandment of Hashem. The exact measures of the Kaidesh HaKadoshim, in the, of, the, of the first base HaMikdash, which was built by Shlomo HaMelech, as we're about to see, was planned out by David HaMelech. David HaMelech wanted and started the the preparations of the first base Hamikdash. Ultimately, he didn't have the schus to build it, and his son Shlomo Hamelech ended up building the base Hamikdash. Says Rabbi Yosef, I'll tell you why the second level had more kedusha than the first level. Let me tell you something. You're going to talk about the hechol. A man's going to get up here and enter that into the conversation. No, shiny hechol. David HaMelech gave his son Shlomo the exact, the exact, uh, the we'll call it the blueprint, okay, for how the Ulam and the Botov, the homes of the Harabayas, Vigan Zachov, and also the uh, treasury rooms, the Aliyasov, and the attics, the Chadarav HaPrimis, and the inner rooms, Ubeis HaPareiches, and the Beis HaPareiches, the covering of the Aranuksiv. And Davra Melech, when he told Shlomo, and he handed him the blueprints, he gave his son Shlomo, he handed the blueprints, he says, The blueprints that I'm handing you for the Beis HaMikdash is directly from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So says Rabbi Yosef, what's the whole question on Rav? I, how, why does Rav saying elevated places don't have Kedusha? You see that the Kedusha has a lot of Kedusha, the higher up you get. So that 
is unique to the Kedush HaKadoshim because that was Hashem's direct blueprint of that it should be elevated. But Stamazai, just in a plain case, if God didn't give me the blueprint and I decided to build a two-story house in Yerushalayim, I'm not allowed to eat the Korban Pesach on the second floor because the Kedusha does not go up when the building plans were not put together by HaKadosh Baruch Period. We're ending off that with no question on Rav. Rav David for joining us. We're up to Toshima on Daf Pevav Amud Aleph. We are now um, the third wide line on the page. Says the Gemara Toshma, come and listen. Let's let's try to prove from here. Toshma, come and listen. When you had the Lishkais, you had the rooms that were built by the Kaidesh, okay, by the Heichel, and they open up to Chayl. Chayl means the outside part of the base Hamikdash towards the Har Habayis. Chol literally means non-sanctified or mundane, okay? But it means what it means over here is it leads to the outside. We said the inside is chayl, is not holy, but the roofs are holy. So you see that Rav who says that roofs do not have holiness is incorrect. Because over here you see roofs do have holiness. Tergamar Rav Chista. Rav Chista says, no, there's no question on Rav. This discussion that we just had just two minutes ago, and that is we're dealing with the rooftop that was on the way down of the Harabayas, and therefore that rooftop was also ground level, and that's how Rob's go- that's why Rob's going to explain that that also had Kedusha. Says the Gemara Yochi, if that's the case, let's say the end of the Mishnah, if let's say you have a room that is built in, you know, to be outside the base Hamikdash Bechayel, in a non-holy place, but it opens up to, it has like a doorway into the Beis HaMikdash, Teichon Kodesh V'gagaseim Chol. Then the insides are Kodesh, but the roofs are not Kodesh. If the case is where the roofs were ground level, Havile Mechila is, so now, where it's, it's, it's like a Mechila. Mechila is either like a cave or a tunnel. The tunnels underneath the Harabais that the Kahanim would walk through did not have Kedusha. Says the Gemara, Kikam Rabbiechanon, Bifsuchais, the Harabais. Rabbiechanon only said there's no Kedusha by these tunnels that opened up to the Harabais. Kitanyahi. But where do we say that a tunnel does have Kedusha when it's underground? That is Bipsuchais, the Azara. These are referring to tunnels that enter into the Azara, not mere tunnels. That enter the Harabaya. Says the Gemara of Hatanya, but we learned in a Braisa, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, even the tunnels underneath the Heichal are also not holy. So, how can you explain that the difference between Rabbi Yechanan, Rabbi, was Rabbi Yechanan, Rabbi Yechanan, Rabbi Yechanan, yeah. How can you explain the difference between Rabbi Yechanan and our Mishnah? Is that when it's a tunnel outside of the Beis Hamikdash area, there's no holiness. Underneath the base of Hikdash, there is holiness. Rabbi Yehuda says, even underneath the Heichal, there's, there's no holiness. Uh, it's, yeah, there's no holiness. And, and for the Gemara, Kitanyahi, which tunnels underneath the Heichal don't have holiness, according to Rabbi Yehuda? What type of tunnels? That is Psuchais Lachail. That is because these tunnels from the Heichal ended up leading Lachail to the general area 
outside of the Har Habayis, Memela, it won't have Kedusha over. However, if you would have a tunnel that is directly underneath the Hechol and comes up on both sides into a Kedush area, then even the tunnel would have Kedusha. Toshma says, Gemara, come and listen. The Gagoy Kedush. We said specifically that the roof of the Kedush was holy. Says the Gemara of Atizbara. What type of uh, question is that? Vahokatani. But we said, Gagen halalu, ein eichlim sham kotshe kotshim, fein shechdim sham kotshe kalim. You're not allowed to eat kotshe kotshim there. And you're not allowed to shecht kotshe kalim. So before you want to ask a question from this b'risa, let's understand the b'risa itself. Because the b'risa is saying uh, that the roofs um, have kedusha. But then we said, right, it said, v'gagoy kodesh. The roofs are kodesh. But the same price that says, yeah, you're not allowed to eat kodesh kodeshim or shecht kodesh kalim there. Well, if it has kedusha, why can't I do those things? So how are we going to understand this price itself? Ve'ela kashe gagoy kodesh. You're going to say, oh, so what are you going to ask me? Uh, how can the roof be holy if I'm not allowed to shecht or eat? It's only referring to the two Amas area that was that uh, leads directly into the Beis Hamikdash. What is this two Ama area of the Beis Hamikdash? The the Tanam we learned in a Mishnah. There were two Amas that these Amas. We're going to get involved in a little bit of uh, architecture here. There were two Amas. These two Amas were referred to as Shushan Abir. Okay, it was uh, an area of the Beis Hamikdash. That stuck that uh, that stuck out that kind of stood out, and Rashi says the reason why they called the Shushan Abira is because this is the this is now by the second base on Mikdash, by where um, Achashverosh's child Dari Koresh allowed us to rebuild the base on Mikdash, okay, and so there was an area that kind of out of Akaras was called Shushan Abira, a little, a little small area of the Harabayas. Achas al-Karam is One of these things that commemorated Shushan was kept on the northeast side. Ba'achas al-Karam is This other one was kept on the southeast. Uh, it's actually a Karen is a corner, not a, not a side. So south, northeast corner, southeast corner. Zush al-Karam is Rochas Zafinus. Ois Yisir al-Shal Moshe Chati Atzba. The one on the northeastern corner was a little bit bigger than Maisha Rabbeinu's Amma by a finger. Okay? Now, we learned previously, and um, we learned previously that there's two types of Amas. Remember? There's a, and we had this in Shabbos and Erevin. There's a six Tefach Amma and a five Tefach Amma. Maisha Rabbeinu's Amas were, six, were standard six Tefach Amas. So, this little bit, th- this uh, commemoration to Shushan, was one extra finger. Same thing on the other side. You had a half finger here, half finger here. Total, you ended up with one finger. And why did we use different measurements than Maisha Rabbeinu? The reason we wanted that is so that the Umnin, the people who were hired to build the Beis HaMikdash, they would um, take the smaller Amas 
and end up building the larger Amas, meaning that we wanted to make sure that the base Hamikdash got more bang for its buck. That's basically what we would call it in in uh, American terms. Okay, so the base Hamikdash always got a little more than what people would charge, and maybe they did this. You know, Rashi. That's what Rashi is. Maybe, I'm, I'm not sure why exactly they would be makbin on this, um, but the Gemara says right on the next line, "Kedesh me'ila." So I'm not sure. It seems that if they would charge, I don't really chop this concept, but if they would charge full value, then there's a concern that you might be getting a little too much. Maybe that's the issue here, that maybe they're going to they're gonna get paid a little more than they gave back to the Beis HaMikdash, and that's going to be considered a me'ila for the workers. That's, the, that's how I'm understanding it. Listen, you know, maybe I'm just not chopping um, why you can't just consider it I'm being paid for my work. You know, that's not, that's not called me'ila. All right, maybe. Uh, I guess it's a gather. Okay? I guess it's a gather. The Tarti Lomeli. And why do you got to use these two larger amas? Achas Lakaspa Vidava. One was used to measure the gold and silver. Achas the Binyana. And one was used for the stones. Okay? Now, what we see from over here is that um, when Rav says, here's the bottom line we're up to right now. When Rav says that any elevated place in Yerushalayim or even in the Beis HaMikdash, besides for the Kodesh HaKadoshim, is off the ground, is higher up, so that area does not have Kedusha. Tanan, we learned in a Mishnah. Last piece of Gemara before the Mishnah. Here we go. We know you're not allowed to take the carbon Pesach outside the walls of Yerushalayim. If you take the carbon Pesach to the wall, as long as it's within the thickness of the walls, it's still inside Yerushalayim. It didn't exit. The wall itself, the width of the wall itself is considered a chilek of Yerushalayim. And the windows. This makes sense by the windows. Okay? You find, uh, you find some windows where it's, it's, uh, it's flush. It's equal to the floor of the Azara. Now, what do you mean it's equal to the floor of the Azara? Which it, what it means is, you could say it's not necessarily off the ground. When it comes to the width and the thickness of the wall, how is it possible that you're taking it to the wall? Are you eating it there? It says you're allowed to eat it on the wall. Well, if you're eating it, right now we're assuming eating it on the wall. If you're on the wall, then that's elevated, and that's not going to really work with Rob's opinion. After the Gemara, No, there's lower parts of the wall. That uh, he he uh, there was Avelos, there was mourning. The Amar of Achavi, Tamar of Chanina, Shura, Ubar, Shura. This is referring to different level walls that they had in Yerushalayim. So you see that the, the, uh, not only Yerushalayim, but also the Beis HaMikdash. 
So you see that if it was a low wall, that would suffice. It's low enough. I guess you could even be standing on the ground. It's low enough to be considered eating upon, or at least less than 10 tfachim, we know is considered close enough to the ground. But if in a chanami, it could be that Rob's correct. If it's higher, if it's higher uh, uh, above the ground, and a, a person would be in whatever area it is where he's considered elevated, maybe taka, it would be usher to eat the carbon Pesach in that spot. Period. Okay. Very interesting next mission. And the reason why I find this next mission very interesting is because, well, besides the fact that it's stamazai interesting, it's because nowadays, um, with corona going around, St. Louis County has a few very interesting laws and the way that their laws are put together. Uh, they purposely make it up to the subject to interpret very interesting. I think like it's the kind of thing sometimes you have to make a rule but you allow the to make people happy but you allow the rule to be interpreted lafi ish ish lafi havanasai. You know, each person how they want to interpret it. Like for example, um, businesses including nonprofits are allowed 25% capacity. What's I think now it may even have gone up to 50% capacity. What's capacity? So Lafi the fire marshal, over here, capacity is whatever you would usually, however many people you would usually be comfortable fitting into the room, subjected. So if you would put, if you would, if you would put 600 people into the room to daven without COVID, okay, let's say somebody comes to town and you put 600 people into the room for a lecture, so for a lecture, you're allowed to have 300 if it's at 50%. Let's say you're making a dinner, and for a dinner, you would have 400 people. So for a dinner, you could have 200 people. That's, it's subjective. It just depends on, uh, depends on what you want. Okay. Now, one of the things they have is that if it's a venue, uh, for example, a hotel, whatever it is, and you have a wedding, so then the groups have to be divided up into minyanim, 10 people, right? You have a chabura. And you're limited to two waiters. Only two people are allowed to go between the tables. This way, you know, if one table has, you know, COVID, it's not going to, you know, it's not going to, less chance of it spreading. Only two people walking around the room and not uh, 15 waiters. Okay? The submission is going to talk about when you have different chaburas, for the carbon Pesach, separate, but they hire one waiter. So you got one waiter, one guy going back and forth, going in between. Is, is he like connecting chaburas? Are we splitting up chaburas? How close is if you have if you're throwing a uh, a show Pesach seder, and you have fifteen tables, ten people per table. Is it like everybody's one chabura, 150 people? Yeah, even the government bezak, or does each table get their own, uh, you know, uh, their own chabura? What's an afkamina? Am I allowed to mish from your table or not? Right? Am I allowed to take from you, or are you allowed to take from me, or do we got to stay separate? So that's, that's what we're going to be handling over here, says the mission. 
You have two groups eating in one house. So one group should face one way. Another group should face the other way. Don't look at each other. Pretend like you're not there. I'm in my group. You're in your group. And you have the mecham in between them. Okay? Now, what's the mecham? So Rashi says that if you have a waiter, this is where the waiter starts coming in. If you have a waiter who has to prepare the wine for both chaburas, the guy's charging, a waiter costs 200 bucks, yeah? So they want to split the cost. So you have one waiter, he's achroi, he's responsible to prepare the wine for the dollar kaisas for both groups. Do we say that he's got to keep his water jug, two water jugs, one for each group, and never shall the two mix? Or can you say, listen, let the guy keep one central uh, watering, you know, watering place where he keeps his fresh water, and then when somebody needs to have their wine prepared and diluted, he could just go over to it. So says the Mishnah, you could just put one thing of water in between, and that's not called connecting the groups even though the waiter is going to go back to that central place. And when the waiter stands there to pour the Dalit Kaisis, to prepare the wine, Kumar is going to explain what's going on here, but basically, um, when... You have a waiter, he also needs to eat. The waiter also needs to sit down and grab a bite at times as well. And he and if he's Jewish, he's gonna to have to be part of a chabura. So now he's got a problem. Because he needs to officially be registered as part of a chabura. So he needs to be part of one group, but at the same time he's serving the other group, but he can't be part of that group. So, so what's he supposed to do? So the Mishnah says when the waiter goes to the side of the room to the chevra that he's not part of, he should make sure, see what's going on, but he keeps his mouth closed. Okay? He should turn around until he gets back to his seat. The Eichel, and then he's allowed to eat. Then he's like swapping back to his original group. And Akala as well uh, turns her face and she eats. Okay. Now, Rashi says, what's going on with the kala here? What's going on? So when you have a sheva brachas, uh, uh, you know, let's say you have a sheva brachas that uh, falls out at the Pesach Seder. Um, so, the issue is, is that if you have two groups They both might look at her. There's a Sheva Brachas going on right next door. So they say, Turn around. The Sheva the other one's going to start, oh, who's the Kala? Who got married? What's going on? The Allah is, she's allowed to turn away from her group out of Tznias. And it doesn't make it as if she's separating herself from her group. Meaning, if a person ever has an excuse... If you're part of a chaburi, you're part of a chaburi. You don't pretend like you're different. But if there's a particular reason why 
you should turn around, even though it's going to look like you're separating yourself from the Chabura, if you're doing that at Sneas, it's not a separation. Says the Gemara Masnis and Mani, who's the Don of our Mishnah? Rebuti, Rebuti, Daniel learned their Brisa. You got to eat it in the houses upon which the in, in which the carbon pesach is eaten. This teaches us that a carbon pesach is allowed to be eaten. One animal is allowed to be eaten in different groups. Okay. Now, what does it mean different groups? Does that mean? That you could have one carbon pesach split up into two places. Uh, one animal can only be eaten in one home. There's no such thing as a chabur of ten people, five of them take it to one house, five of them take it to another house. That's not happening. So from here you see, from here they said, Hasham that if you have a shamish, the waiter, the one servant, who eats a kezayis of the carbon pesach, betzadatan, or next to the oven, ipi, so he, you know, he's going to be busy, but he also needs to eat. So ipi keachu, if he's smart, memale krisai memen. Okay? He should just get full right then and there. Ve'emratsu b'nei chabura la'asais imay taiva, and if everybody else wants to be nice to him, but comes in next to him. Now this talking about a a, uh, a a waiter who made a mistake. Okay, he's going to be serving. He felt he felt hungry. He popped a piece of the carbon pesach into his mouth. So now he's got. He, he was just like kind of that place. He acquired that place to be where he has to eat his carbon pesach. If everyone else is nice to him, they should say, okay, okay, fine. Yanko, the waiter, you forgot. We're going to come sit next to you. This is going to be the place for the carbon Pesach. Dibir Rabbi Yehuda, this is the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says, no. When the Pesach says that it's got to be on the on the homes that you're going to eat in, it lets us know that when somebody starts to eat from the carbon Pesach, as long as you're in the same house, okay, um, you uh, you're you're allowed to be in two places. Top of Amud Beis, What does it mean two places? Can I eat it with two separate groups? No. It's got to be eaten with one group. So what's the bottom line here? But my kamifagi, what's this discussion? And this machlekes. Rebuta sabar yeshem lemesiris. Rebuta holds yeshem lemesiris that you follow um, how things are. Written in the Torah, the Messiah, Reb Shimon Savar Yesh Aim Lemikra. Reb Shimon says you follow how it's actually written. Now, what is going on over here? What's going on over here is as follows. It says in the Torah. What was the pasuk that we mentioned in the bottom of of Amud Al Habatim Asher Yechlu Aisai Bahem. Right, it's got to be on the homes Asher Yechlu Aisai Bahem, and then we said on the top of. Amud Beis, we said, uh, I would have thought from that possum that you could eat it in two chaburas, Talmud Laimar, Bebayas Echad, Yud Aleph, Chaf Lamed. How do you pronounce without Nekudos, Yud Aleph, Chaf Lamed? So, it could be Yochal, it shall be eaten, or it's Yei Achel, 
That's the Masaira of how to read it. That's the Yeshayim Okay, that's the uh, written form. So, Babayas Echod Ochel means that he must eat it Bibayas Echod. And Mamela, what you'd see from Ye Ochel, here's the, here's the Nakud here, here's the point. Ye Ochel would mean you can split up. However, wherever you eat it, that's your place. That's Yeyachel. Okay? But if you say Yeshem Lemikra, then it's going to be that it needs to be eaten Yeyachel. It, the carbon, not the person, it's not the Gavra. The carbon must be eaten in one place, in one house. Okay? Which means that if the carbon needs to be in one place, everybody part of the Chabura must be in the same place as well. You start out, you got to eat wherever you are. That's the nafkamina between Yeshem Lemikra and Yeshem Lemesayus. All right. Says the Gemara a few halachas. If you have two groups and somebody puts up a mechitza, if you hold that a Pesach's allowed to be split up and eaten in, uh, in two Chaburas. Okay, somebody put up a Mechitza. Keep eating, big big deal. We started together. We ended up splitting. All right, no. But if the Karb is not allowed to be split up, so this Mechitza is splitting us up. Let's say you have two groups and they started out with a machitza, and then the machitza was taken away. So according to one who says that you're allowed to eat it in two places, so now that we, we were two groups, now we're one group, big deal. But if you hold that I'm not allowed to eat in a different makam, you're not going to be allowed to eat. Why? Because my place, here, here's the chap, my place of eating is now a new place. Beforehand, I was sitting in a 100-square-foot area. Now I'm sitting in a 300-square-foot area because the mechitza was removed. Since there's a change in size, that's called a change in place as well. Story. Yosef Rav Kahana Kahana was sitting and teaching over these halachas. Don't say it with such confidence. Because it's actually a shaila. Siluka mechitza vasiyas mechitza. When you take away a mechitza, or you make a mechitza, miyavik yishtei mekayim mezushtei chaburas dami yaylai. And the answer is teku. Says Ravashi, don't think it's so pashit that when you put up a wall or take down a wall, it's mom is changing who you are. And mom is changing the situation. No. I don't think it's so pashit, says Ravashi. Maybe the halacha taka is that if you put down a mechitza or you take away a mechitza, is it taka, if I'm in the same place, just because the beforehand the room was, and this is very applicable, think of the, the agudas downstairs removable dividing wall. Right? You have two chaburas, all of a sudden that wall, that mechitza is taken away. You, you put up a dividing wall, two chaburas in the garment Pesach. It's mamish, two rooms. You know what I mean? Now you're going to take, you're going to move aside the divider. 
Is it considered one room now? Or do you say it's still two rooms? It's not so posh. I'm not giving this as a psak. I think it's a Shiloh that needs to wait for Eliyahu and Avi to come. Period. Two dots. We're about a little more than a third of the way down on Pevav Amud Beis. Here we go. Hakalo Haifeches Espanel. If there's a Kalo in the room, she's allowed to turn around. My time, what's the issue? Because she's embarrassed. Okay? Why? Like we explained, Rashi explains, she doesn't want to be the center of attention. He said to him, I'm sorry, what's your name? He said to them, Ravuna. This is Ravuna, the son of Ravnasan. He went to visit Rav Nachman Bar Yisach. So Rav Nachman says, "Then what's the name?" He says, "My name is Ravuna." Amru. They said, "Nesiv Mar Aporia." All right, you should go sit Aporia on the on the couch on the sofa. So Yosef, Yovulakasa, they brought him some wine. Kibley bechadzim. So he took it. Okay, right away. The Shasya betrays him. And then he held it. And they said, No, come on, Machabracha. Uh, take some, take a drink. They drank. He didn't turn around. Okay? Says the Gemara. Amrule. They said to him, Now this is very cryptic. We don't know what time was it, what's going on. Was it a Shabbos, a Tuesday? What's going on? Yamtif. They said to Ravuna, my time increasingly, Ravuna. Why'd you call yourself? Why'd you call yourself Ravuna? You think you're Chashuv? Omar Luhu, Bal Hashem money. You asked me what I'm called. That's what I'm called. A name is what people call you. So I was just telling you, people call me. People call me Ravuna. My time So why? When we offered you the sofa, the couch, did you sit there right away? Now, Rashi says that usually when somebody's a guest in somebody else's home, they don't agree right away to sit up on Mizrachvant, for example. You know, go, you go sit on the eastern wall. You people say, it's okay. You know, I, I could sit like everybody else. They offered him a chash of a seat, and he went. Okay? So they said, why, why were you so comfortable going right up there? I was taught a rule. And the rule is, if the homeowner tells you to do something, you go do it. I was told to go sit there, so I went and sat there. My time, why, when we offered you a cup of wine, did you take it right away? Okay. Because you can be misariv to a katan. If somebody is smaller than me, I could tell them I'm not interested. But people who are greater than me, I can't turn them down. And Mamela Ravuna is saying that whoever offered me the wine, I guess it was of Nachim Bar Yitzchak. Um, if, 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 if a Rebbe tells you something, you go do it. So I took it. He told me, I took it. My time, I thought you betrays him. You didn't drink right away. Why'd you wait to drink it till we encourage you to drink it? 
There's a pro- listen. There's a proper way to drink wine. You have to drink wine with etiquette, and this is the etiquette that I was taught. Okay, you drink your wine too fast. You're a little too excited. Yeah, take take your time. It's fine. You go very slow, and you're a Balgaiva. You know the Balgaiva who's peeking through the window to make sure everybody knows he's an Anav. My timer, they said to him, why weren't you modest when you drank? You kind of drank publicly. And apparently this is how it connects to our Gemara of the Kala, the Mishnah of the Kala. Apparently it's more tznius to turn your head a little bit. But he drank right in front of them. Because there's a mission that says a kala, and I'm not a kala. So I learned from the mission, a kala should do this, but I, I shouldn't be doing this. All right. I guess they figured out afterwards why he's called Ravuna. Rabbi Shmol, the son of Rabbi Yaisi, went up. To Rav Shimon, the son of Rav Yaisi ben Lekunya. Yovlu Kosa. They gave him a cup of wine. Kavli v'chad zimna v'shasi v'chad zimna. He took it right away and he drank it right away. Omar lei loisavr l'amar. There's a brysa that says, if you drink so fast, so you are a wino. Yeah. So uh, he said to them that that's talking about hosts that feed their guests a nice amount of proper wine. You gave me a schnapps glazel of uh, cream malaga. That I could drink in one swig right away. I, I don't look like a wino when you give me a, a, a one ounce schnapps glazel. Amar Ravuna. Ravuna says, B'nei Chabura nechnasim b'shleisha. When you have a B'nei Chabura, so nechnasim b'shleisha, you, as soon as three people who are there for the carbon Pesach are available to start, you could start eating. In other words, you have to wait for the entire Chabura to eat at once. Nerishmus eat together. Do you need, does everybody need to be sitting down initially? As long as there's three people, you get gone. And they could leave, they could leave one at a time. Okay? Omar Rabba, Rabba says, this is true when people are showing up on time. And the server knows what's going to happen. Okay? Basically, what it means is that as long as this is what was arranged, then you're allowed to serve at that time and you're allowed to stop serving at that time. Meaning... That it's kind of like the waiter, the server is what keeps the chabura 
going and not going. Okay, is, is, as long as the waiter's available to keep them eating and he's available for them to start, they're considered part of uh, the Chabura. But if people are stam, just off on their own, showing up when they want, leaving when they want, that's not, a, that's not a considered eating with your Chabura. Omar Ravina, Ravina says, they should, they should pay the waiter, they should hire him, and whoever stays longest should be the one who gives the biggest tip at the end. Yeah, obviously after Yomtif, yeah. But whoever stays, meaning you're going to take your time and keep the guy waiting there, so you should be the one who, uh, he's, he's around the longest for you, so you should be the one who pays a, a little extra, a little more. Says the Gemara, this is not the Psak Halacha. Rather, each person in the Chabura should pay for the waiter equally. Hadron Allah Ketzar Tzoylin. Hadron Allah Ketzar Tzoylin. Hadron Allah Ketzar Tzoylin. We'll return to you, Parak Ketzar Tzoylin. Be'ezus Hashem. Tomorrow evening, we will start the new Parak, the eighth Parak on Daf Pei Zayin. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening.